This Wellness Couch podcast brought to you by our brand new Facebook group called The Wellness Couch Tribe. Come join us and chat about any episode at any time. Keep up to date with all our events and connect with a like-minded group of wellness enthusiasts just like you. To join The Wellness Couch Tribe, simply search for The Wellness Couch Tribe on Facebook. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Flourish podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting with a lovely client of mine, Bree. Hi, Bree. Hey, Elise. How are you going? Good. How are you? Great. That's you? good. So a lot has changed in your life, Bree, since we were working together well over a year ago. Um, yeah. You've got a new addition to your family. Uh, we do. Little Hugo, well, not so little anymore. He's a year old, which um, obviously you're aware of, but we um, have a very happy, healthy, bouncing, chunky baby boy <laughs> and is obviously the exact opposite of what Hendrix was, which is obviously why we worked together the first time. Yes, and so that's very exciting news because I remember during your pregnancy that was a really big thing for you. It was, was like, I just, I really want this next baby to be healthy. I don't want to deal with yeah. the same issues that we deal with with the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've been so, I say lucky, but obviously we worked really hard at it. Um, and I feel like going through the pregnancy the second time, I was a lot more conscious of everything that I needed to do. Not that I wasn't healthy the first time, like I, I've always been really health conscious, but just being um, on top of what things I didn't know before we worked together um, made the biggest difference. And as I said to you at the start of us working together, my biggest goal was to have Hugo come out and latch straight away and be super happy to feed because Hendrix was the exact opposite. Um, with Hendy, we had to, um, give him, a, like I had to express and drop a feed him for the first few days of, um, of his life, which was all I knew at the time, but having the exact opposite experience with Hugo has just been amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. And really, I think that's what every Gaps family is looking for. Um, mm-hmm. especially when they're going ahead and, and having more children when they've already been dealing yeah. with gaps issues is, is really that's the story we're looking to hear. Yeah. Um, so it is Hendrix that you came to me to work um, on that you were having issues with. So how old is Hendrix now? He's just turned three. So Hendy and Hugo are um, almost two years apart. Yeah, great. So um, let's let's get into exactly why it is you came to me about Hendrix and where you guys were at at the time um, that you did. It's a bit of a story, and just interrupt me if I'm um, if there's no, anything. Go for it. But um, so Hendy, um, as I said, I had a super healthy pregnancy, um, maybe a little bit more stress than there should have been, but I think that's probably normal these days. Um, we had him at 38 weeks so he wasn't early he was born at five pound 13 ounces so small um had him naturally was very into hypnobirthing um so tried to do everything as natural and as natural as I knew how not into medications or anything like that so it was quite a shock and quite a surprise to me to have a baby that had issues um 
we are both like super onto our health and when Hendy came out, he so had him really beautiful birth, awesome experience. We had a really fun day actually. Um, and then That's not something you often hear about <laughs> it, but we had a really fun day. <laughs> <laughs> we just hadn't been spending much time with each other because oh, um, yeah. we were building our house at the time. So having a full day, we literally watched Suits episodes back to back and just hung in. <laughs> It was fun, <laughs> but it was kind of the hard work started after we had him, which lots of people say. Um, he, as soon as he came out, wasn't interested in feeding, had difficulty latching. He was smaller, but it just seemed to be more than that. And obviously you don't really know what to expect. So you read all this stuff and you're up, you know, multiple times a night, Googling everything, having no idea and just wanting to do the absolute best you can for your baby. Um and I'm like a really positive, happy person all the time. So having something I couldn't influence or control or make better really impacted me. Paul was awesome, my husband, um, in the sense that he was just like, okay, let's try something else. Let's do this. We were seeing a, a pediatrician every week. So probably I should explain the symptoms that Hendy had. He, um, a couple of weeks after birth, his bottom was so red raw that he had um, blisters and abscesses forming on his bottom. He was constantly um, spitting up and um, vomiting everywhere. He had um, really bad cradle cap, a very stuffy nose. He had a skin rash. Um, so many things. As I said, he wasn't latching properly, um, wasn't interested in feeding, was crying a lot just so many things that um, I, I had no idea really about allergies. I had one girlfriend who's, whose daughter had a really severe allergy to quite a few different things and she'd gone on a huge journey. But I, it, didn't even, it didn't even click with me because the pediatrician we were seeing who we were assigned in hospital from the beginning just said to me, Brie, it's just a cow's oh, – sorry, no, not a cow's milk allergy. He said at the start it's just um, colic. It's just um, reflux. He needs to be on low sec. Um, but in the meantime, we need to start antibiotics because he, this abscess on his bottom has gotten bad. So I knew antibiotics weren't great for um, young babies, but at that point um, it was at the point where he needed some sort of intervention. And now there's no way it would even get to that point because I'd be doing everything um, topically to try and change what was going on within his body. There's no way I'd put that into his system unless I really, really had to. And that's, um, where, and that's where we always need to acknowledge that we do the best with what we know at the time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's the thing is like I don't regret any decision or avenue that we went down because I know the I know that I did absolutely everything I could at the time and I know how much exhaustion and stress and time I put into trying to find the best avenues yeah. for him so I, like I am happy with myself for, for the direction we took okay. um where we are now if I hadn't yeah. have going down this path um but yeah so he we went on the low sec at the same time another girlfriend had said to me that her friend um was trying some ginger solution so I gave that a go I literally was trying everything we possibly could but he, um, nothing was really getting better. So the um, vomiting didn't change. The abscess obviously did because he went on antibiotics and that went away. Um, his nose was still stuffy. He was very unsettled. He was such, still such a happy little baby. Um, I feel like sometimes kids that go through all this heartache are the happiest because their normal is so much pain that, you know, they just learn to smile through those bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And even now, happy baby. 
Um, so then fast forward maybe a few months and we're still going down the same track and I, I just got to the point where I was like something had to change and I was speaking to that girlfriend I mentioned whose daughter had allergies, <clears throat> excuse me, and she said to me, Brie, I'm really sorry. It, it sounds like Hendrix has an allergy and I'm not trying to scare you but maybe it's worthwhile going to speak to someone that can help you with allergy because the pediatrician we were seeing at this stage every single week, which is obviously a couple of hundred dollars a week, mm. uh, just kept saying to me, oh, no, no, we just have to keep um, just have to keep trying to do what we're doing. Um, he He's not allergic to anything in your milk. Um, it's not – and to me, that doesn't even make sense. Like if you are eating something, it's going into your milk. It doesn't make sense to me that um, – he was saying something about if it's in your stomach, it's not going directly through to your milk. There's no way he's being impacted by the food that you're eating. And I was like, he's very old school. That didn't even make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to start looking at other options. We went and got him assessed um, by an allergist. Um, they did um, all kinds of allergy testing and he came back um, with allergies to cow's milk, protein and soy. Um, and it was actually, they classify it as a non-IgE allergy, so a gut allergy to it, but no anaphylaxis or anything like that. Obviously, it can head that direction. But I was just so happy to have found some sort of evidence or some sort of um, confirmation. Yeah, some kind of answer as to why this could be happening. Exactly. And I, um, the dietitian that we were seeing, she was super supportive. And I think that's often what you need. You just need someone that's going to, like you have a, a feeling or an intuition inside you that's saying, hey, this isn't right, we're not. We're butting our heads up against a brick wall here, let's try somewhere else. But when you're sleep deprived and you've got a sick child or like you just you don't have any, you can't trust that intuition, you don't have a feeling of what direction to go in because you're second-guessing everything that you're doing. Yeah, and at that time what was that day-to-day being a sick child, what did that look like for Hendrix on a day-to-day? So it's kind of, it's so hard to even remember back to it now, which is crazy because I remember people saying to me and reading stuff like, you will get through this. This will just seem like history. You'll look back at when he's three years old. It makes me emotional even thinking about it. But you'll look back when he's three and he'll be like a happy, healthy boy. And he is. He's so happy and he's so healthy now. I can't even believe I'm crying, but it just brings it. Again. Yeah, it is a big one that we went through with Hendrix. Yeah, sure. so um, we we then, um, like, so it was every day, like, he would wake up and depending on how he was, it would either be a good day or a bad day. So um, he was always happy and that made it a lot easier, but sometimes it made it sadder as well because you could see the pain he was going through. He would um, vomit most of his feeds. He um, just... He wasn't too irritated by his skin, but he always had mucus in his stools and a lot of the time he would be screaming in pain um, and then would, like, pass mucus through his stool. So you kind of knew that his body was working at something all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot, of, a lot of, I remember we used to have to change him sitting up, um, like Paul would have him up against a pillow trying to change his nappy so he wouldn't vomit everywhere because you'd have to keep him upright for ages and ages after his feeds or – um, just wriggling constantly, constantly doing bicycle legs. And it was funny because you try and find those stories that makes it normal. Like um, you'd be looking at stuff online, oh, my baby always used to have colic like that or my baby used to always have reflux and 
this would work for us. So you'd be trying absolutely everything that people spoke to you about. Um, but really there is a solution that's better than doing those things because you're just treating one of the symptoms. You're not treating the actual problem. So it kind of just got to the point um, where, you know, I wasn't sleeping much and I couldn't sleep during the day because I was so anxious about what was happening with Hendy that I just, I was just like anxious and I, I never really, I couldn't see it at the time. And I felt everyone, like no one really picked up on it at the time, but it's only now I look back that it feels like it was such a dark time because you're just constantly looking for answers and you're not getting anything. And at the end of the day, as his mum, it is your responsibility. So you put that weight on your shoulders as well. Yeah. That um, that kind of led us to, at that point, looking for another paediatrician because I just went, I was speaking to the dietitian that I sort of found a bit of confidence in and sort of said, I don't really know what direction to take it in. She just said, cut these things out. So um, obviously it takes a bit of time when you're breastfeeding to get rid of that through your milk. So that's what we did. We um, cut, I cut everything out to be honest because I was like, um, sorry, we, I started cutting food out before we saw the allergist because my girlfriend had said to me it really does sound like an allergy um, and I just couldn't get into the allergist for like a little while. So I went, I'm not going to wait anymore. So I cut out dairy, soy, eggs, nuts, and shellfish, like the five main allergens, whatever they are, cut those five out. So pretty much I was living on um, and this being me trying to make sure my weight stayed up and not understanding a lot about like high fat, all that sort of thing. I was having um, like muesli with no nuts but with um, coconut yogurt, coconut milk, um, just – doing as much as I could to avoid those allergens but not really focusing enough on the nutrition side of things in terms of adding in sauerkraut and doing bone broth and all those sorts of things. I I was um, vegetarian for a long time so bone broth to me was like, ugh, Mm -hmm. I didn't even even cross my mind. Yeah, yeah, so at that stage after we had um, spoken with the dietitian and I'd been off that food for a while, he was improving. So um, when I say improving, his symptoms were going away. So he didn't have um, the crazy nappy rash. He wasn't congested. He um, didn't have as mucusy stools. He still had mucus in his stools. His dark circles under his eyes were starting to lift a little bit, but um, he wasn't putting on weight. And that was something that um, I naturally assumed would happen because my whole world revolved around him I was told by the pediatrician to check his weight every week so we would go in and weigh him every week with the pediatrician or at the health clinic um and if he put on 70 grams of weight I'd be happy if he put on nothing I would be distraught like my whole world was framed around that number so Paul had said to me babe we just need to stop like stop weighing him it's obviously not changing anything like doing this week to week is just causing you stress and anxiety so we then started looking for a different pediatrician because the person that we were speaking to wasn't doing anything different um, and landed on someone that was great um, in the sense that she trusted my intuition um, and she knew that what was doing what was happening right now wasn't working for us. So then we um, then we just went um, started seeing her and she sort of said, look, cut out the ginger stuff, don't do the low sec, it's obviously not working, which is the medication that you give for reflux. And by this stage, Hendrix had started solids and he was developing an aversion to food because 
we were shoving so many things in his mouth, like all of this medication that we were given by the pediatrician, that he started refusing food, refusing to um, take the bottle. I've got video recordings of him trying to feed him through a bottle because he wouldn't breastfeed. Um, so it never gave him formula or anything at that point. It was all breast milk expressed. But just screaming in pain because his esophagus was obviously burnt or something from all of the um, vomiting. Um, and then um, we ended up – I ended up just saying to the pediatrician, like, there has to be something more. And we were just kind of working through that at that point when one of my mum's friends sent me a podcast of you speaking to Joe from Quirky Cooking. And uh, I just – I've always been open to, like, like natural – like a natural alternative – but I was listening to it and it just felt hopeful to me at that point. And I just started doing a lot of research about gaps and trying to understand what would need to change. Cause at this point we were giving him based on what the dietitian had recommended. So no dairy, no soy. Um, we hadn't even introduced eggs or anything again yet because we just weren't sure of his reaction. And they said, look, he's not putting on weight. So you just need to leave it at this point. Um, we ended up giving him, we were giving him things like gluten-free pasta with Nutalex stirred through it, which now to me I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even believe I was giving him vegetable oil. But it's it's what you do at the time. Like it was like give him high-fat food and that will help him. Um, and then we also during this time the pediatrician had put us onto a formula called Alphamino, which is a hydrolyzed formula because – um, he just still wasn't putting on weight. So he wasn't even on the chart anymore. He was born very low, like in a sixth percentile. But at this stage, he wasn't even on the chart. He um, had dropped well below it. And she said, look, Bria, like I understand you've done absolutely everything you can, but we might need to look at a formula because he's potentially still being aggravated by something in your breast milk. Um, what I understand now, what was actually happening was the villa in his stomach was so – dead and malnourished that they weren't absorbing any nutrients um so he was on a formula and that's when I approached you and said look um can you help us we're interested in doing something different this is where we're at at the moment um and then we started chatting with you and that's that's how we ended up where we are today and so take us through that journey. So I obviously know what we did. <laughs> Not that I can remember all of the details. Um, but take our listeners through that journey, um, you know, the positive side of the journey now. that wasn't always easy. Um, no. You know, there were some challenges along the way, but how that all looked when we, when we actually I started think, working together. I think um, I had to probably get to the um, – because I find – justify it to everyone else around you when you're when you're the one going through it you will look for anything that gives you hope so for me it felt like hope um I had to get to the absolute bottom of the bottom before I could start seeking out the like an alternative sort of help because it's almost like you need to justify that to the people in your life that are used to conventional medicine so we had just before I contacted you we had been hospitalized with Hendrix he was on a feeding tube um, and we were force feeding him formula through a nasogastric tube multiple times a day. He was projectile vomiting and um, he, the weight gain was happening, but slowly we were in and out of hospital all the time getting the tube put back in and it was just, it was miserable. So um, once I contacted you and you sort of said, look, I've got space at this point, um, 
and I'm not sure how you work with clients at the moment, but it was a, um, a block. Um, and we had, um, contact all the time. And I think for me, I needed to know that this was such a big change. So from what I'd read about gaps was, um, we were going to be overhauling what I knew as our normal. So obviously our normal had changed anyway. Paul and I have not ever really eaten a lot of grains. I don't really eat much dairy anyway. He does a little bit, not anymore. Um, but we didn't do bone broth. We didn't do fermented foods or anything like that. So I knew it was going to be a big change, um, but I needed to be at the bottom to get to the point where I was accepting of that and working with you and knowing that I would I was able to – touch base and ask questions all the time because his situation was so dire like obviously there's worse and when I say that I feel terrible because there's children that have terminal illnesses yeah and really we we're talking about you know the situation that you're dealing with and it's yeah yeah because I often have parents say that that it's like oh you know it's really bad but I know others are worse and in the end our perception is what we're what we're currently dealing with yeah with our children yeah exactly so um but I knew for me that like there would be things that minor changes that would happen with him that I wouldn't trust myself enough because I didn't know enough about gaps. Mm-hmm. So having and holding with you is what I needed to be, get over the hurdle of starting it. So um, we started, we decided you and I that we would do full gaps because Hendy's situation was that um, was so bad that he couldn't absorb nutrients and wasn't putting on weight and we um, understood that there was a lot of toxins within his body and making these changes, we were going to see a lot of that die off. So he wasn't, um, I suppose, stable or able enough to, to go through stage one. I was also pregnant at the time. So um, we thought, as I know you always recommend, starting on full gaps anyway. Um, so that's what we did. Um, probably the biggest hurdle for me was cutting out the formula because um, – I that was the last thing I held on to hope for. So we'd been trying it for months and months at that stage and the only way he was actually putting on weight was because he was being fed through the tube, not because the formula was making a difference. And at this stage the feeding aversion was so bad that we were seeing um, a speech pathologist, a dietitian and an occupational therapist every week um, because he just wouldn't let us put things in his mouth at all. So... Um, when we started, we cut out the formula and I remember, I still remember walking up to his bedroom with the first bottle. So what we did was we started putting just a little bit of bone broth in each bottle. So I'll just clarify meat stock. <laughs> not, that, not that it matters, I know what you mean, yeah. but just so everyone else knows what we mean, that yeah. it is the meat stock. So the short cooked meat stock to using the um, gelatinous meats around the bone like chicken drumsticks or wings or... Um, with some feed or lamb shanks, that kind of thing. So not yeah. those really long cooked bone broths. That's actually something that because um, my mum's friend that had recommended me to you, she actually was working with you before I was, and she was saying to my mum, it's going to be a lot for Breed to get her head around because, you know, there's a lot of cooking and a lot of stocks that you've got to make and it's kind of constant. Uh, and as I said, um, not at that time. I was eating chicken and fish by then, but. Um, the thought of putting like <laughs> it sounds it's so normal to me now. yeah well I had my um my brother-in-law the other day accidentally throw out a a, a stock that I'd been cooking in the slow cooker um and I was like devastated but it just blows my mind how how much has changed in that period of time yeah I was, it really does <laughs> yeah 
but yeah, so we started just putting a little bit of meat stock into his bottles. And with, so we started with his formula. So yeah. putting the meat stock in his formula, yeah. Yeah, and that weirded me out a lot to start with. Now, I like if people say what's in his bottle because that's still the way, even though he's three, that's still the way that we get a lot of stock into him. Um, people will be like, oh, what's in his bottle? And I'm like, yeah. It's meat stock, what, what's it to you? <laughs> meat stock and cod liver oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some coconut milk. Um, but, yeah, so we then um, started doing that. And within it, because I'd kind of built myself up like it was going to be really full on um, weaning that off, but it honestly only took a couple of days, maybe three days, and he was having the other bottles um, and that was changing. And, all in one go, we'd just gotten rid of the Nuttalex and the gluten-free pastas and stuff like that. We changed to breakfast being scrambled eggs but in coconut oil. So those sorts of things weren't huge because I was already doing that anyway. Um, things that were really helpful for me was just every time we'd catch up, you'd say to me, all right, like I'd say, I'm struggling with snacks for him. I don't really know what to give him snack-wise because he, he was – Recommended by the dietitian, he was having these um, potato stick chip things with like fake preservatives and flavoring all over them, and he loved those. And him just eating in general made me happy. So, getting rid of something like that, I was um, struggling with snack ideas. So then every time we'd catch up, you'd give me bits and pieces to give him. So we did like fat bombs and um, lots of um, chicken drumsticks and meatballs with. Um, livers and um pumpkin and stuff in them and those sorts of things just having things that I could physically do so I didn't feel helpless like I was giving him options to have slowly he started eating more of it and his symptoms started getting even less so so it was almost like he'd plateaued because his body went yeah cool you're not feeding me all the allergenic stuff anymore but you're not healing my body either so he'd plateaued where he wasn't losing weight anymore but he wasn't he wasn't thriving or healthy or anything like that. He was just not going backwards. So, um, like, seeing all of these changes go into place, we actually started seeing his eyes were brighter. He was engaging more. So he was never um, never not engaging. Like, he was never vacant in the eyes or anything. It was just he wasn't uh, – he didn't seem to connect as much as he did after we started doing these bits and pieces. So um, – I was eating the exact same way. I was pregnant with Hugo at the time and that was probably something I should mention. I was so conscious and so aware of doing everything I possibly could to support this pregnancy in a way that would lead to a healthy baby. So just introducing ferments, um, lots of meat stocks and then like just being very conscious of the nutrient content, which I always was anyway, but just not not doing the healing that I needed to do or mopping up the toxicity that I needed to focus on. Yeah. And um, so I've just pulled up your notes as well because it's always yeah. sometimes I like looking over the notes and going, oh, yeah, this is what happened as well. So it looks like in our notes it took us about five weeks to get Hendrix off the formula. And yeah. so oh. we kind of like dropped a bottle here, dropped a bottle there, switched it out. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So it was about – it was about – five weeks and then I just I remember that appointment with the excitement and when you're like he's off all the formula it's all gone and he hasn't lost any weight because I remember I, that was such yeah, a remember, worry for you it was like 
I want to stop the formula. I want to get these foods into him. But you were so scared he was going to lose weight because the formula had made a slight difference in his weight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that now. I remember where I was. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, then what else could I explain? So constipation uh, was another issue as well. He was on the Osmolac. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. Constipation was crazy. Mm-hmm. So even with all of this, obviously with the um, formula that he was on, he was um, – they, they had also concentrated it. So he was on one and a half times the actual dose to try and up his calorie intake. But of course, that leads to constipation. Like that just that makes absolute sense that it does. Um, so he was on Osmolax, um, which is I don't know—is it a diuretic or a non-diuretic? Uh, um, yeah. So basically, it draws the Osmolax draws um, liquid into the bowel to yeah. to yeah to basically to clear the constipation. He, he was so on that every day. Like I, it was crazy. And then we had just going back a little bit. I also remember. He was so he was allergic to dairy and soy, and he switched from one of the formulas, um, Alphamino Junior, or sorry, Alphamino Normal to Alphamino Junior, and then they decided to add soy into that version formula. And I was just like, who does that? So that we were also dealing with mopping that up as well because he was having breakouts of um, that soy um, contamination from before we'd started caps. Um, but so the Osmolax every single day was still not enough to ease his constipation. So we had to give suppositories quite often as well. Um, he, we tried doing an enema with him. It just, it just didn't work. And even now still because of all the constipation and stuff, he still would not ever let me go near him for an enema, which is um, annoying. But he often would, after being in the bath, be able to go to the toilet more easily. Um, so, yeah, so the constipation was a really, really big thing for him. Yeah, so I remember there was the suppositories as well. You were kind of – and there were things we were implementing like magnesium, vitamin C, increasing fats and, and trying to resolve that constipation. We did eventually get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when we stopped the Osmolax, that was another massive thing for me because it was what we relied on. And obviously if, if someone's constipated, they've got that toxin build up in their system. You could see it through his behaviour – um it was just like he was just bratty and like not pleasant at all and his body was going through so much trying to process all those toxins I can see it now like if he if he has if he hasn't like Paul and I will look at each other be like has he done a poo today because he just gets to be like ratty like not a nice person um so we now he has a lot more fat so everything everything he eats I add fat to um, like olive oil is a big one because he um, loves olive oil. Um, coconut oil is great as well. He's very into his treats. Um, probably the difficult thing for him has always been to cut down his dried fruit because he just loves it. And I remember saying to you, um, I'm worried because by this stage, at the beginning I was like hopeful but I hadn't bought into it 100% because I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try anything. Like I, I feel like this could work and I really trusted my mum's friend that was going through the same process. She was doing it for her personally and for her son, but um, different situation. But I trusted her, um, trusted her opinion. So I was like, I'm going to give it a go. But it was only at this point when we gotten rid of the formula and the um, the Osmolax was out of his system that I was like, oh my god, I'm reliant on this now. Like I'm a hundred percent convert. And I remember there was a time that he had. It was literally just a cold. 
Um, but he was like, I can't remember. It was some sort of, it was RSV, respiratory something. And I'm like texting you at like 7 p.m. being like, Elise, I don't know what to do. Like they want to give him antibiotics. It had developed into something more. And, you know, doctors always just want to pile on the antibiotics. But he was like not eating and stuff. So I'm freaking out. And you're saying to me, just chill out. Just let him run a fever. Put him in the bath if you need to. Don't dose him up with um, Nurofen and Panadol. Just see how he goes. And I was like, this is just like I can be chilled out like this and I can – it's a new way of being. Like he will be okay. Uh, And like I trusted you at that point. So I had gotten to the point where I was converted to that this could make a difference. So I was 100% just happy to keep going on the trajectory that we'd set and having the Osmolax and the Alpha Amino out of his system just made me feel like, wow, now we can really start making some impact. Yeah. And so tell us how Handy progressed from there. So um, pretty quickly he um, he started putting on weight. So I, I remember sending you a photo a couple of months later. So we obviously kept working together. And at that stage, the craziness of getting rid of those things with, without the worry, that had eased and that was gone. So we were able to start focusing on making sure that we did up his fats and making sure that he was getting liver in. So we started um, – I started adding liver to everything to try and help his levels. Um, he His dark circles under his eyes had disappeared. Um, then we just kept focusing on different things. So if it was um, he's consuming a little bit too much dried fruit because that's what he keeps asking for, we would work on. Um, I remember you gave me a bliss ball recipe, which still had a little bit of sweetness in it, but not a whole heap and it had a lot more fat in it. So it was going to help that um, everything moves through his body anyway. Um and honestly, he just he just kept getting better. I feel like at the time, it, I was so hopeful and it was working, but you just don't notice the change until you see, you know, this was six months ago and this is now. And the photo I remember I'm, you sending me a photo and it was just like, oh, my goodness, this is just a different child. Yeah, like I think one of the photos was him in hospital with a, um, with a armband around his yeah. leg and he just looked gaunt and sick and like almost skeletal like he was so unwell and then photo in in his car seat just like yeah. happy he he's not he's still not a big kid he's still a slight child but he's got um he's got you know you can just see he's got a little bit of protection body now his face was a bit plumper his skin looks brighter he has no dark circles under his eyes it's just like it's night and day, but it just I feel like at the time I probably didn't see the change as much. I could feel it because I could feel my anxiety easing and I could feel like the day-to-day stuff wasn't crazy. Like I would think back to three months ago, oh, my God, every day he was vomiting because he had the tube in or um, think back six months before that um, he wouldn't even put a spoon in his mouth. Like all of these things you kept comparing to the previous state and it just it was so much better. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so where's Handy at now? He is um, definitely a three-nager. <laughs> <laughs> he has so much attitude. He's so fun and he's so, so well. It's just so nice to be able to worry about the normal stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he, this morning he was up. I was in with Hugo in his room um, this morning and Handy's calling out, Mom, where are you? Like. Just having like those normal things and not being woken up to him vomiting everywhere or 
sometimes now this is my new normal I forget which is why I got emotional before because you just forget how crazy it is and how um it chews up your whole being yeah absolutely it's so healthy and so well I think now it's really interesting for us because something that my husband always says is you know what we have to see this as a blessing because this has impacted our health for the rest of our lives like the way that we all eat now so Paul is he eats the same way um Hendrix eats the same way he's um been like obviously I was I was pregnant with him we were on gaps we still do gaps now but a modified version so it's not extreme and I do have bits and pieces every now and then I'm just conscious of the way it makes me feel more sort of probably just a whole foods approach is the way that we look at it we don't do um strict gaps but um all the principles of a whole food diet we adhere to um it's just it's so interesting because it's now starting to shape people around us people around us are starting to change their behaviors and they've seen what we've gone through and they understand that it does work but it's not I don't need to push it on anyone. This is just how we are. We both feel better because of it. We're both so positive and so happy all the time. Um, our kids are happy. It's just it's an easy way of being when you see the impact and I think that's probably the way I say it to people. When people say to me, I was actually um, liaising with a lady on Instagram a while ago because she was having a heap of issues with her child and she was asking me about gaps and I said, she said, but isn't it really full on? Um, like, did you find the prep really crazy? And um, I just don't feel like I could do it. And I'm like, I promise you, it is so much easier to be doing something like that than to sit with the worry and the anxiety every single day because it changes who you are. And being able to actually do something and action that and change the future for yourself and for your children, like it, every amount of time and energy is worth that. And to be honest, it's it's so normal like it's there's I work like I work I have kids we have a busy household we are constantly doing things but you just find time to do it and it's it's pretty easy like once you switch out those bits and pieces my sister and her husband have just moved in with us for a little while and now they're eating the same way we are and she'll often comment now yeah, I just I feel like really bloated after I've had X. Like if they go out on a date night and she's had pizza, she's like, I just don't feel good afterwards. And I'm like, cool, just pay attention to those sorts of things and start shaping the way you eat around how you feel. Yeah. And like a really easy way of introducing it to someone because it's about how you feel and how you are at the end of the day. It's not about anything else that, but that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really good advice because – um, I think you guys are a perfect example because you didn't do intro with Hendrix. No, no. And, and the difference that made. Yeah. And I hear so much um, that people really hold intro as being the gold standard that you're not going to heal unless yeah. you do intro. Yeah. And I love to be able to um, present these kinds of stories to people where you can yeah, and I remember because I kept saying to you, all right, so we're going to start intro now. And you're like, you honestly, Brie, like look at how far he's come if we just keep doing it like this. Because also I think you were probably conscious of not putting more stress on me because yeah, I was. Absolutely. We didn't want, want yeah. more stress and we were dealing with a child who had chronic constipation. Yes, oh. yeah, exactly. And like it was, it was at the point where I just wanted so much progress so quickly that it was only when I looked back and went, oh, my God, look how far we've actually come, that we didn't need to do intro. And I feel like um, 
I was, I remember saying to you like, before I have my next baby, cause I was pregnant with Hugo before I have my next baby, I want to make sure that I get rid of this, this and this from my diet. And I'm going to do intro then. And you're like, but you probably won't need to, like, you're probably doing all the cleaning up that you need to do now. And probably a really important thing to note was, um, that we also focused on, um, mopping up the toxicity that, um, is naturally around us. So we got rid of everything, um, that had chemicals in it. Um, we don't, like we don't do chemicals in the house at all and we do lots of um, like the boys bath in magnesium salts every single night, just do all those sorts of things to mop up that toxicity. And he goes, Hendrix goes to daycare now um, three days a week. So it's, he's going to come into contact with all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm probably heading into the, the territory now where it's going to be a little bit more challenging in the sense that, he feels like he's missing out when other people have things that he don't ha- he doesn't have. But there is so many options now. I feel like generally the world is just moving to this whole food movement and yeah. understanding that there is a different way and this way that we've been pushed onto us for such a long period of time isn't the right way of doing things because we can all see that with our with our own health or our family's health. So I feel like we do have so many more options. And for me, I don't to be honest, I don't care what people think. I- I take food in with Hendrix every day. The daycare will actually provide food for him, but the food they'll provide him, they just strip out all all of the things that he can't eat and he'll have, like, you know, veggies and a piece of, like, boiled, like, farmed chicken that's, like, not organic, no good nutrients. The vegetables have been cooked so much that there's nothing left. <laughs> like, poor thing would never even eat that. Yeah. Um, that's what people think that allergy food is about or whole food is about, like boring, bland food, but it's not like that at all. Like he goes to daycare every day with like a meal that I've frozen in advance, like butter chicken or um, spaghetti bolognese or a casserole or something that's just been frozen in advance. I do meal prep on the weekend and we'll just have most of the time like 50 to 100 individual packaged meals in the freezer that he'll just grab. Oh, and that's I, great. That's so organised. <laughs> I just find, like, if I know that there's always food there for him, I don't have to worry about um, making sure he's got something nutritious. No. Probably the difficult thing is, like, the packet food that every other kid gets. Absolutely. And he yeah. So there are things now that I have to find a few more cheeky ways around things because he loves having a treat too. Yeah, buy, buy packets and then just make the food and yeah. put it in <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's a really wonderful message about making it all accessible. And that's something I'm really trying to get a, get across around gaps. Um, many of the clients I work with, we do do intro because it is the right time for them. It is working yeah. with what's going on in their lives and um, it is a benefit. So I'm, I'm very supportive of my clients doing intro, but there's times when it's not the best choice. Um, and it really, there's there's more than just looking at what the issues we're dealing with in in deciding that. It's about, it's context about um, where you're at in your life, about the level of stress that's going to bring um, and and trying to do intro and in doing that, sacrificing the level of stress you have in your life. So in order to do intro, sending yourself in to an absolute state of overwhelm in trying to do it, it's really just not worth it. And that's and that's where um, I love how you've shared that, Brie, in making that really accessible, that it doesn't have to be perfect. 
It's really about seeing where you're at, seeing how you're feeling and how you can take the next step from where you're at to start dealing with, you know, improving the health of your family. Exactly. Yeah, and I find like now there's so many little hacks as well because there's so many products available that allow you to do it quicker. Like obviously making my own meat stocks is the number one, but you know what? Sometimes I use like the jarred one, the meadow and marrow or yeah. um, rock of life or whatever just because I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a tablespoon of this in here right now um, than nothing. So I'll use those sorts of things. And I feel like we're so lucky now that the world is heading this way. Or, for example, my – um, my sister and her husband yesterday brought home a massive box of paleo hero stuff and that's just normal because um, they gave um, they gave that as a prize at an auction and like those sorts of products are just becoming more and more accessible and more and more normal um, and it's nice because our children are going to have those options too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is good. It's exciting direction we're heading in. It really is. And it's been so lovely to talk to you today, Brie, and... I'm really so happy to hear how Hendy's going and Hugo as well and just really happy for you guys and how everything's turned out. And can I just say I'm so grateful that I was able and so thankful to my mum's friend for finding you and sending you my way because it was obviously meant to be. We definitely wouldn't be where we are without you and I really appreciate all your help. Such a pleasure. You're going to make me cry now. (laughs) (laughs) One day we actually catch up in person it will happen yes i thought about that today before we chatted i'm like we're gonna organize that so we'll organize that yeah we will for sure awesome all right well you enjoy the rest of your day ray you too bye-bye thanks We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast. Did you know we've launched a brand new Facebook group where you can chat about any episode you like with a tribe of like-minded people? The group is called The Wellness Couch Tribe and it's an inspirational digital meeting place to connect with like-minded wellness lovers just like you. To locate it and to come join us, simply search for The Wellness Couch Tribe wherever you enjoy Facebook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.